Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. This episode is sponsored by Goalie Gummies, a perfect addition to your wellness routine. Are you looking for a delicious way to support your overall health? Goalie ACV gummies are made with vitamin B9 and B12 to help support healthy nutrient metabolism and immune function. I have partnered with Goalie to give all of my listeners 20% off and free shipping. Use my coupon code at checkout, the gratitude chick, all one word, to take advantage of this offer. Their website is www.goli.com. That is www.goli.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest Podcast for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest for TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. episode of season two, Manifesting and the Bible. So um, today is, of course, Wednesday, April 27th. And again, usually I would have recorded this episode a couple days in advance, but I don't know, this, these <laughs> days are getting away from me. So I, was, I didn't record it all yesterday, so I'm trying to play catch up for the week today. So in this episode, um, I actually was inspired to record this topic today while I was taking my niece to school. And um, I turned on some gospel music. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this lady. Her name is Sherry Jones Moffitt. And she has a song called Encourage Yourself. And whenever I hear this song, especially when I'm going through something, it just, it makes, I don't, I don't even, I can't even explain it because it, she literally is giving you the scripture and the Bible that, that, um, allows you to encourage yourself in the Lord. So what I did was the name of this actual, um, podcast episode is going to be called Encourage Yourself. And uh, so instead of, you know, this being around a specific scripture, it's around the topic of encourage yourself. And if if you guys have listened to me enough, you know that one of my, you know, kind of favorite scriptures about encouraging yourself is 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, where it says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Um, And that really is because David came back into the city and, um, the women and the children were gone and the city was burned and they were all the men were just kind of destroyed like their families were taken and the people you know got together and were you know the bible says the people spake of stoning david and it says but david encouraged himself in the lord his god so that little blurb i learned years ago and i know that we have the power to sit back and of course, we can always pray, definitely. 
but sometimes especially and you know this is not I hope no one takes offense to this but a lot of times when you are born and raised in the church and you hear prayers a lot of those prayers are begging God when in reality if we would just open up our eyes to what the Bible says everything that we want or need is already here you just have to believe it and so because people because a lot of Christians are taught to push and pray until something happens and beg and beg and beg and a lot of times and and like I said I have relaxed on my issue of praying until something happens because I do consider gratitude a prayer so if I'm thankful for this thing then that is to me praying for something praying until something happens but um, when I think of people saying praying until something happens I think of people begging God that's that's how I see it and that's how I've seen it in my past so um I literally lost my thought. <laughs> but for for today's episode, um, my goal is to kind of piggyback off of the, or not even really piggyback off of the song, but I'm encouraged by the song to give you guys some of the scripture in um, the song because I feel that it is so powerful. And she literally just gives it to you while she's singing. She sings it. And it, she's so not even forceful with it you can feel it in her because it always does something to me when I hear that song so if you have you know any kind of streaming service just go look it up it's a gospel song so the first scripture that you know she mentions here is um Proverbs 18 verse 21 so I'm gonna go to that I was on another scripture so Bear with me as I get to that scripture. As a reminder, I do read the New King James Version of the Bible. So Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So what does that mean to me? Um, If you were raised in the church, then you have heard this verse before. And... um, a lot of times when people say it, they don't say the last part. They literally just say death and life or the power of the tongue. But to me, even though that is a, definitely a profound and powerful part, the second part, don't neglect that because the second part says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And what that means is that whatever you speak over your life will come to fruition. It will happen. So if you are speaking death, then, and, and when I say death, I mean negativity, any form of negativity over your life. And, and that is death because you are killing yourself by living in that negativity. So if you are speaking any kind of negativity over your life, it will come to pass. You are going to eat that fruit. So if you are going around saying that, you know, money is hard to get or I am, you know, you're not smart enough or you're not pretty enough or why don't why aren't you loved or any anything that your you know your mind has told you because someone else has said this to you in the past and you for some reason you know you clung to that negativity and it became your voice now you know a lot of things that reverberate through our minds don't start with us it starts with someone else 
and for whatever reason because of who that person is we decide that these words are true and as a result of that their words become our words internalized and now what they said to us becomes our self-talk and that is what plagues us and slowly kills us like I told you before when I was growing up my uncle used to call me I maybe was 11 10 or 11 and he started calling me big mama and it's you know I I was a chunky kid I was I'm not gonna lie to you but I was also a kid you know I was a little girl um whose mother died at eight when I was eight and I'm just trying to live a life without any parents you know and I was a little kid and instead of you know giving me some kind of positive reinforcement you know telling me things that my mother would have I didn't get that I got told that I was big mama at at like 11 instead of encouraging me to be healthy and you know we love you any of that no that didn't happen and it happened every time I saw him every single time so his words those were his words but the meaning of his words became my words and they reverberated through my mind literally for the rest of my life and I didn't even realize it until a couple years ago that out of everything any conversation I've ever had with him most of them I don't remember what I do remember is that so when it says death and life are in the power of the tongue those who love it will eat its fruit it is for real it is not it's not a big it is not something to be trifled with especially when they're not your words but they become your words as a result of what he said to me as a child that became my life and any kind of negativity around being overweight has expanded in my life so and 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 I want to I want to even preface this by saying you know I do I think he did it with any kind of malicious intent no I don't no I don't um but it, it just is what it is so I would say start today this is why I'm doing weekly affirmations because we need to be speaking positivity into our lives our most dominant thoughts have to be things that reverberate in our mind to make us feel good about ourselves to help us you know create new assumptions for our lives our assumptions become our beliefs so in order to have a new belief we have to create assumptions and to create assumptions we need affirming statements so your affirming statement must be something positive because if you continue to create negative affirming statements your life will be what you are saying and as i stated many many times if you need you know if you are a person that loves affirmations and you 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 love the ones that i post or whatever awesome if you need to go through the bible or you know whatever book that you believe in to find it do 
just find an affirming statement that is positive, that resonates with you, and start speaking it over your life. And because um, change comes with repetition, you need to speak it often. This is why I say, say the affirmation three times in a row, nine times per day. It may sound hindering, or I don't even think that's a word. But it may, but you know what I mean. It may sound like it's hindering from living life. But I would think that if you are working to change your most dominant thought, then something like that should never hinder you. So let's get to the next scripture. This scripture I used to to read a lot, and I am grateful that she she uh, actually said it in her um, song because I had, I forgot all about this scripture, but I used to read it a lot. And it is Romans eight. In 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 the uh, song, she only quoted Romans eight thirty seven, but I'm gonna start with verse thirty one. So it's gonna be Romans eight verses thirty one to thirty seven. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he, not with him, also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. To him who loved us. Actually, I'm going to read 38 and 39 too. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this scripture I used to read a lot because it lets me know the height and depth of God, of his love for us, rather, I should say. And Jesus, who died in my behalf for my sins. All of this, this entire passage is about the love of God. That's, that's how I see it. And it's basically telling us who 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 uh can who is the person that condemns us because the bible earlier in romans tells us there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus right so this verse is saying who is it is god who justifies who is he that condemns basically do you are nothing because god has justified me it also tells us in this verse that if god is for you who can be against you and this verse also, this, this, this entire, all of these verses remind me to take my mind off of the temporal and place it on the eternal. And I've heard these things growing up and it's just like, what does that even mean? What that means to me is 
take my mind off of things that I cannot take. Take my mind off, stop fretting about things that I really can't do anything about at this moment. Because really, if we think about the laws of the universe and, you know, like attracts like with the law of attraction, the more I think about things that fret, that that um, are making me fret, the more I am going to receive into my life to fret about. But if I take my mind off of that and put it on things that are pure and just and of a good report, and if, if, if there's any praise in it, then these are things that I'm going to attract back into my life. And this is what this, this verse is saying to me. Focus on God. Focus on the love of God. Because nothing can separate us from the love of God. No matter what you're going through in life, none of that can separate us from God. And it also reminds me of the fact that with this verse right here, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril, peril or sword? What this verse to me, and again, this is my opinion, reminds me is that with all of these things that it names, these are things that we enter in ourselves. Hear me out. Our mind, what what we what we focus on expands in our life. So if we focus on all of the stresses and and worries of our life, that is going to expand into something that is huge, right? So oftentimes, we cause our own distress, we cause our own peril, we cause our own persecution. We do, because we are focused on that instead of focusing on being grateful for these things. We are focused on so, so much negativity. And and then and, and this is why people start blaming God. And then this is why people start saying, I don't believe that there is a God or that he is a horrible God because they themselves have have chosen the path that they've gone down. It is not God's fault for what has happened in your life. And I want you guys to hear that. You cannot make a choice or a decision and then say it is God's fault. So, and 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 I want to bring this back because I, I want you guys to hear me. My mother died when I was eight. My father I have never seen again since her funeral on May 7, 1984. That was the last time I saw him, and he is dead. He died December 31st, I think, 2018. 20 was 2018. I think so. So I have never, I never saw this man again. Is it my fault that my mother died or that my father decided to abandon me for the rest of my life? That's not my fault. My reaction to that, that's my fault. Because I chose the rea- whatever reactions that I had as a result of that, whether I'm ignorant of it or not. That's still my fault. I chose to react that way. I chose to use food as a crutch. I chose that. 
food made me feel happy. So I chose food. I am also a person who who doesn't drink alcohol or do drugs. Why? Because my father was a drug addict and my grandfather was an alcoholic. So I actively chose as a child not to do those things. Literally as a child. I was was maybe 14, 15 when I chose not to do those things because I knew my, my father was a drug addict and my grandfather was an alcoholic. So you cannot say that Oh, you're you're ignorant. No, because I chose that. I chose not to do those things because I know that those things become hereditary and somehow you can end up being an alcoholic because you're predisposed to it. But what I didn't realize at that moment is that an addiction is an addiction. And I didn't realize that my crutch of food would become the addiction I was trying to stay away from. So I was ignorant to addiction. I was thinking purely on alcohol and drugs. But again, I had the presence of mind to choose not to drink and not to to do drugs because of them. So there is a reactionary response to things that we go through in life. And that reaction is what you choose. Everything after that like I told you guys before in my 20s that was the worst decade of my life and it was because of the words that I chose to speak over my life that became everything everything that happened is because of the things that I said and it took me two decades to realize that that stuff was my fault I said those words I did so I cannot blame anyone else for the things that happened to me as a as an adult because these are things that I said myself I said I don't even want to repeat the words I said them enough but I said these words and that became my life death and life and the power of the tongue those who love it will eat it free I want you guys to hear that part because oftentimes people are so angry and I was angry when I was first told that I had a um what do you call those people life coach I had a life coach about 11 years ago and she was the person to tell me that she told me all of this is your fault and I fired her <laughs> I fired her when I, I we were going along great. I think I she was my life coach for was for about three or four months. And then one day we were talking and she told me that and I I literally went off on her and I just hung up and I never spoke to that lady again. I was done. And it was just simply because what she said I was not ready to hear. But what she said was the truth. I just wasn't ready to hear it. Because how dare you blame me for my mother dying for my father abandoning me for me being for the things that happened to me growing up as a child how dare you blame me but that's not what she was blaming me for that's not what she was saying she wasn't saying that it was my fault my mother died my fault my father left my fault everything that happened after that her she's saying that it is my fault with 
the things that I said and my reactions to life. Those were my fault. So I want you guys to get that part because once you realize your fault in these things, everything opens up to you and you're able to more readily change your beliefs just simply because now you're at a point where you're realizing that my words really are powerful and that's why I always say that I am a powerful manifester I have just used my power for my detriment for so many years but I am a powerful manifester and the things that I have spoken have come to pass in my life even now today there are things that I struggle with because of you know a lot of times when you're when you've gone through something in life no matter how long ago it was if it was something huge you it it, it becomes big in your mind so if you're trying to get over that huge mountain right now it sometimes it seems insurmountable right but there is something like I'm trying to say this without you know telling so much about myself I'm not ready to share this part um I will say this this is what I will say when I was diagnosed with gastritis I knew immediately that I would get over it I didn't realize though that it was a almost cursed that it was it was an mf'er. I did not realize that that's what this was. But what I can say is, when it says death and life on the power of the tongue, those who love it will eat the truth. It is not a joke. So when I say and I tell myself that I am healed, the symptoms go away. They go away. I have to be focused on it, but they go away. So that is how I know that I am a powerful manifester because I am the admin of a group, of a gastritis support group with 40,000 people. And it gets so taxing for me to go in that group to moderate because all I see is I'm going through this and I'm going through this and do 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 and every symptom, everything is laid out there. It's all laid out there. And what I want to do is tell people, Tell yourself that you're healed. Tell yourself that you're healthy. Your your mind and your body has to listen. You you are in charge. So you have to tell your body that you are healed. You have to say, I am healthy. And these are things that I tell myself. That's part of my affirmations every day is to tell myself that I am healthy. And I concentrate on different parts of my body every day. Because I want my body to know that it is healthy. And I'm never going to stand for a diagnosis when I know and I believe that my body was made to heal itself. So I'm not going to stand there and say, oh, well, I have this, such is life. I'm not going to do that. I am going to speak healing over my body every day and as many times as I can. I am going to say it. But when it comes to this other thing that I have made into a mountain, for some reason, it is hard for me to conquer this mountain. And you would think the health part would be the mountain.
something, but it is not. It's not. I just learned at an early age, you know, like I told you guys before, when my grandmother got sick and one of my aunts tried to tell me I was going to have diabetes. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, no. I I learned at an early age, don't put that on me. And I don't. I don't succumb to when people look at me and say, oh, you're this, you're that because of my weight. I'm not any of that, ma'am. No. People look at you and say, oh, you have high blood pressure. My doctor takes my blood pressure, 115 over 75. Ma'am, don't put that on me. I'm sorry you believe this for yourself. I don't believe it. I believe that I am healthy. I believe that I am healed. These are things that I have to tell myself in order to get over um, things that ail me. So, but I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to... It, it's a... I think it's a a, a knowing a belief in knowing that what you're saying is true but this mountain I don't think I I know I haven't reached that level of belief yet so this mountain comes around every so often and I think it keeps coming around because I have to figure out how to get over the mountain right so that's just something that <laughs> I am dealing with right now, trying to figure out how to conquer this mountain so that it does not conquer me. Okay, so the next scripture, it's only two more scriptures. I'm trying to hurry up. So this scripture is John, 1 John 4, 4. And it is, it's um small, but I'm sure you guys have heard it and it's, it's said in a different way, but I'm going to say, I'm going to just read what the Bible says. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And we have heard this verse quoted this way, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I know that you guys have heard that, that quotation before, but that is a paraphrasing of this scripture. And this is something that I need to tell myself because I have made this mountain that is not a mountain in reality. And anybody else's eyes, this would be a divot in the grass. But I've made this a mountain, you know? And it is just because it has been, I'll tell it when I've conquered the mountain, I'll do a whole episode about it. (laughs) But really if someone else looks at it who doesn't have this issue it would be a divot in the grass something where you stumble a little bit and then you get up and, and keep going but for me it has I, I have made this a mountain and I have to remember for myself that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world because we know the Bible tells us that God resides within us his kingdom resides within us So greater is he, God, that is in me, than he, the the evil, negative being that is in the world. And that is something to me to take solace in. When you're going through anything, remember that you are not alone. You are not alone. And you don't have to succumb to the negative whisperings of your mind. 
this is why I say you have to have a certain statement, scriptures, whatever it is that you need to repeat often in your mind. Keep your mind. And this is why the Bible, so many things that I've read in my in my life about the Bible, in the Bible, that come to fruition, or not even come to fruition, come back to my memory um, that I really didn't even get or understand. And it's keeping your mind stayed on Christ, keeping your mind stayed on Jesus. And it's just simply because your mind, it is, our mind is so vast and we create here. There are two different levels in our mind. And our most dominant thoughts are pushing to our subconscious mind to create in our lives what we think of the most. And that is why my mountain is so big. Because I think of this mountain the most. And I think of it, I worry about it, I fret about it, I cry about it, and it expands and expands and expands in my life. And I know this. I know this. Ah. Anyway. Okay, so the next one and the last one is one my grandmother used to um, read to us. Not even necessarily just read to us. It's, um, she used to make us read it. Like in devotion. I don't know if you guys grew up having devotion. We had devotion every morning even though we went to a private school and then had to go to private school and have devotion in private school. <laughs> but we had devotion at home every morning. And it really was, wasn't was even, you know, uh-oh, sorry, my affirmation. Telling me not to say my affirmation. And even though we didn't, um, I forgot what I was saying. Um, oh, I was saying we have we had devotion every morning, and it wasn't like long worship or anything like that. It was literally, you know, saying prayers together, reading the word, closing it with prayer, and going out. So it was like ten to fifteen minutes in the morning. And this is this is um, an, a book of the Bible that she would that we would we would read, and it is Psalms one twenty one. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. I'm sorry, whence comes my help? I was, we read the King James Version growing up. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. What a great scripture, right? It's literally telling us that all we have to do is look up. He is our help. God is. He's always with us. He will protect us. He will preserve us. He's always going to be here for us. That is what this scripture is telling us. You don't have to worry about anything because God's got you. That's what this scripture says. And when you are trying to encourage yourself, these scriptures that I've read to you today are go-to scriptures. Psalms 121 
uh, Romans 8, starting with verse 31. These are go-to scriptures. Whenever you want to be reminded that God loves you, that Jesus loves you, and that he is your help in times of trouble. He is your help when you want to smile. He is your help just for whatever reason. He is always there. He's always going to help you. He's always going to lift you up. He's always going to preserve you. That is what these scriptures are here for. And with the series manifesting in the Bible, it will behoove me not to not to mention the fact that God is love. Because without his, him giving us the power to create wealth and create goodness for our lives, there would be no manifesting. He is the ultimate manifester. Oh, yes, he is. I can hear people being disgruntled now. He spoke the world into existence. He called those things that be not as though they were. He is the ultimate scriptures that you can use going forward and put it in your arsenal for what you need. These are great. Fantastic. And I'm glad I turned on that song to be able to hear her speak these scriptures and to have heard them all of my life be able to go and find them myself, you know. Um, again, her name is Sherry Jones Moffitt and the name of the song is the same as the name of this episode encourage yourself thank you guys so much for tuning in today on this episode of manifesting in the bible i appreciate that you guys continue to show up and listen to me talk thank you thank you thank you don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life i promise you your life will change once you have this uh, the daily practice of gratitude you guys have a great day thank you for listening to another episode of the babes who manifest podcast i am your host luanza aka the gratitude chick don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars if you have not already join my facebook group babes who manifest Thank you.